Hey, welcome to the Play, Move, Improve podcast. You're listening to Robin Papworth. I'm a mum of three little ones, an exercise physiologist, developmental educator and early learning speaker. I'll be empowering you to set up engaging play activities to improve children's development, health and learning outcomes. Thank you for listening. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of my Play, Move, Improve podcast. Today I'm going to talk a little bit of a different topic. I'm going to talk about play schemas. Play schemas are repetitive play behaviours that we see typically in infants and toddlers. They describe a lot of infant and toddler behaviour such as throwing food off of a high chair, snatching a toy from our sibling, collecting random objects around the house, wanting to push trolleys and prams with us, wanting to line toys up in order, wrapping things up in paper. I'm sure you're nodding at one or two of those behaviours. We all use repetitive play schema behaviours. That's how we now know how to assemble an IKEA pack. It's how we know how to make a sandwich. It's how we know how to wash the dishes. It's through one or many more of these play schemas all put into action. What I see in my role, I work a lot in kindergartens and I see the children that have either not played enough through these play schemas or been rushed through these play schemas, then finding it challenging playing at kindergarten because they are still stuck in some of these play schemas. To work through these play schemas, it's very important that we address all of these play schemas as best we can. I'm going to chat about eight today. The first one I want to chat about is trajectory. I'm going to explain a real case scenario for each of these just to give you some ideas and some perspective. One client that I've recently been working with likes to throw plastic pretend food across the classroom. Rather than being able to play with this food in an an imaginary way or a dramatic play way in the kitchen, we just like to throw plastic food across the floor and across the tables. This can be very frustrating for kindergarten teams. It can also be quite nerve-wracking for children playing around him. So what we are encouraging him to do at the moment is to throw objects towards a target. So that might be aim the plastic food into a basket It might be roll up a pair of socks and aim it towards a tub. When we throw towards a target, we're still providing him with that play schema called trajectory. That's the play schema he's currently in, but we're doing it in more of a socially appropriate game. Other ways we might try and do it is we want to throw things down a target. So we might roll marbles down a marble run. There's some great car tracks where you place the car at the top of the track and it whizzes its way down in like a zigzag type action. You might also like to roll balls down the plastic plumbing pipe. We want to provide his interest in trajectory, his interest in watching things move across the space in a more socially appropriate way. The next play schema I want to chat to you about is connecting. So to be able to play with a train track appropriately, we need the skill of connecting. We need to connect multiple train tracks together. Also to stack a tower of blocks, we need to have this skill called connecting where we connect blocks one on top of each other. You might also find that some children love the craft table where they're sticking layers and layers of sticky tape on top of each other. We want to help children enjoy this connecting play behavior. 
but it can become quite repetitive for some children in the kindergarten space. So we always want to move children through the play schema, not just stay within it. So an example of this particular child who is stuck in connecting is they continue to make the same magnetic tile tower over and over and over again. We call this repetitive or rigid play in that we're enjoying the magnet tiles, but we may be spending a little bit too much time at the magnet tiles doing the same behavior of the ma magnetic tiles over and over. So if you see children repeatedly stacking them or another child repeatedly wrapped things up with sticky, it's not wrapped, sorry, placed layers of sticky tape onto cardboard, we're not yet going into what we call the envelope. <laughs> we're not yet going into the enveloping stage. We're at connecting stage when we're layering masking tape. We'd like to take that stage to the enveloping stage. I'll chat to you a bit, little bit more about that in a minute. But the connecting stage, they might enjoy things like paper chains, where we link paper chains, circle paper chains, one onto another. They might like make enjoy things like collage, where we're still connecting pieces of paper together with tape, but we're forming more of an artwork out of it rather than just repeatedly doing the same movement. We want to expand their magnetic tiles from just the magnetic tower block into more complex magnetic tile structures. We might like to teach them how to do that. With getting through play schemas, we want to support them with what to do next. That's where our play skills help to scaffold the children's play skills. So connecting, all about connecting train tracks, connecting magnetic tiles, but let's elaborate on that a little bit more and advance it to the next phase. The enveloping stage is all about wrapping things up or layering things. So these children who are enjoying the enveloping stage might find random toys around the house and like to wrap them up in blankets or like to wrap them up in paper. They might like to climb into boxes and shut the lid or make forts and dens to hide in. These children might also like to do dress up play but layer upon layer of dress ups or wrapping dolls in blankets. You can imagine the word enveloping, wrapping things up. It's another activity where we want to enjoy it, we want to practice it, but we want to try and not become stuck in it. One example would be a child where they wrapped things up in paper, but when we asked, you know, what were we making? Was it, were we making a blanket for the toy or were we making a house for the toy we, we didn't understand why we were doing it so the reason why I always use where what why questions is I want to start getting them to think about the type of play that they're doing rather than repeatedly getting stuck in that now of course these are preschool age children that I'm describing to you in the toddler infant stage Repeat away. The more they repeat, the more they benefit from these activities. But for older children, four years old and above, we'd like to start making a little bit more cognitive awareness, thinking awareness of where, what and why we're doing the things we do. Another phase that you might see when we envelope things or wrap things up is there's another schema called enclosing. Now, enclosing is about creating a fence around things. So you might often see children will be building the magnet tiles. So they'll be stacking the magnet tiles in what we were calling before the connecting stage. But now they want to make a fence around things. So they might like to make multiple towers where they put a car in the middle and they build a magnetic tile around the car to enclose it, to give the objects boundaries. 
You might also see this when we use the timber blocks and we make a big square with our timber blocks fencing in our farm animals. This is a great way when children start to experience that we can place things inside the boundary, enclosing things in. We also need to understand that enclosing the skill of being able to make fences and boundaries around things, it starts to make sense of all of our letters that we create. Because if you imagine, when I write the letter O, I'm enclosing that space. I'm making a circle around that space. When I make the letter P, I make a stick down and then I make a space to finish off that P, I'm closing my letters off, completing them. So while we think that, oh my goodness, they're making more horse fences or they're making another car track and putting the cars inside the track rather than putting the cars along the track, this skill of enclosing is fantastic for children's learning and development. So it's really important that, again, as I say, let's go through all of these play schemas rather than rushing them out of these play schemas. This makes me think about the next play schema called positioning. Positioning is often where we get the big topic about children who have autism lining things up. (laughs) Now, we all like to line things up sometimes. In my kitchen utensils drawer, I like to line all of my spoons, ladles and forks up. I like to, in my room, line all of my clothes up. It gives our environment order and position. We often do see children with autism repeatedly doing these lining up of objects, but we also, it's a part of typical development. So it's very important for us to remember that these play schemas are part of our typical play development. All of us ideally have gone through these stages of development. When it becomes a red flag for us, what we call a developmental challenge for us is when we are stuck in it. So back to the first idea I had before of the little boy who was throwing the pretend plastic food across the kitchen area, that behavior is starting to become dysfunctional. It's starting to scare his peers. It's starting to become disruptive. That's when we would start to step in and change the setup of the environment or we'd start to change the way he's playing by encouraging him to throw things towards an object similar to positioning if a child is stuck continually lining objects up and not engaging in the play in other areas then yes we would of course try and put intervention in to support them to move from lining the objects up to maybe doing what we call collecting things into size order or organizing things into rotation so spinning the cars that are in order so there's lots of different stages we want to go through but when I talk about positioning lining things up please remember that this is a very important part of our development and we don't want to rush children through lining things up or stopping them from lining things up because that is a very important part of their play. One part of their play called transporting play schema is another one that I'd like for you to learn about today. Why I want you to learn about the transporting play schema is this is where a lot of kinder teachers are going to nod in this section. Transporting is the reason why you all of a sudden have trains in the kitchen corner kitchen cups outside in the near the climbing frame it's why families at home randomly find a half-eaten apple in the spoon drawer what children are doing is they're picking up an object and they're transporting it to another space in the environment 
This is where we often see children might be carrying around an object without even knowing that they're playing with it. I often see children carrying a car around the play space and then just dumping it on the ground because rather than taking the car along the train uh, car track and playing with it on the car mat, they're just picking up the car and transporting it from point A to point B. You might also see this with children who carry dolls or teddies under their arm and they're not engaging with that doll or their teddy. They're not feeding the doll or taking the doll in the pram. They're just carrying the doll aimlessly under their arm. And now this is typical for toddler and infant behavior. This isn't a concern when we see it in toddlers and infants does start to become a little bit disruptive when we're seeing it in a kindergarten classroom. Why that is, is because we are just transporting objects around in the dramatic play corner rather than using our creativity to use those resources how we would hope at that kindergarten age. So for example, we see a child just wandering around with a doll under their arm. We'd love to ask those questions we asked before. Where's the dolly going? Or what does the dolly need? The dolly might need a blanket, so enveloping. The, the dolly might need some food, so that dramatic feeding play. The dolly might need to go in the pram and go to the shops. This is a way to get children past the transporting play schema because by putting their objects into a pram or trolley or basket, we're then supporting them to take that object somewhere with a purpose. So rather than just carrying a bucket randomly around the sandpit, we could put things in the bucket and collect things inside the bucket to get through that play schema. I see a lot of children quite stuck in this transporting play schema. So it's very important to help children move beyond this. Another way we can move children beyond the transporting play schema is to give them a play schema called rotation. Rotation is why we see lots of babies and children spinning on the spot because they're feeling that rotation through their body. Rotation isn't just important for play schemas. Rotation is so important for motor development. So we want to encourage children to spin around on the spot. We want to encourage children to spin wheels and spin pinwheels. And there's a really fun activity where you twist a straw in your hand with a little propeller on top and it spins up into the air. We want them to play games like ring around a rosy. So we're spinning our body around with our friends. We want children to enjoy looking at the washing machine as the clothes spin around the washing machine. We want to help them to connect nuts and bolts because when we twist nuts and bolts together, we're watching that rotation of the nuts and bolts going on. We want them to push the prams and trolleys to watch the wheels go. The lock boards are fantastic where we turn a key inside a lock. All of those beautiful rotation activities. Now again, we do see some children who have autism stuck in this rotational play schema. This is when we start to see it become dysfunctional. We might be at the pram, but so fixated on the spinning wheel of the pram that we need intervention to help them then use the pram. So use the pram to take the dolly to the shop or use the wheelbarrow to take the sand into the sand pit rather than just spinning the wheels without using the toys as something functional. Again, we want to make sure that is the child appropriately playing in these play schemas? And you can always get someone like myself, an allied health professional, to come and help you with that if you have any concerns. 
Another play schema that's really important for children's development and also their play is a play schema called orientation. Orientation is where we start to see children try and change their orientation in the space. What I mean by orientation is their sense of space. So right now I'm talking to you sitting upright, but sometimes we see children hanging upside down off the side of the sofa or hanging upside down and looking through the back of their legs. This is because they want to feel the 3D world and what it feels like to be upside down. You might also see some children lying on their side to play, to see the world from a different visual perspective. You might see children hanging upside down on the monkey bars, walking along steps, trying to walk in a different direction along steps. You might see children climbing up the slide as we you know, usually see us going down the slide. Children like to climb up, which is amazing for motor development, by the way. We want to encourage again that children don't get stuck in these type of positions though. I see a number of children stuck in the laying on their side on the floor, playing with magnetic tiles, trains and cars. We want to always encourage that yes, we experience orientation, we experience what it feels like to play upside down, what it feels like to play on our side, but mixing those things up. A particular child that I've recently observed spent a lot of time laying down on the floor at the train tracks at kindergarten. And when we tried to encourage them to stand up and play at the painting station or stand up and go and do some sensory play, we quickly came back down and laid on our side. Again, great play schema orientation, seeing what things feel like from different perspectives, but we need to have a real healthy balance with all of these play schemas. So I hope you've got a fair bit out of today's session. If you have any questions about the different play schemas or how we can support children who are stuck in a particular play schema, please feel free to reach out to me on Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn. You'll find me when you search for Play, Move, Improve. I'm always up to helping you brainstorm ideas, so please reach out if you need. Enjoy the rest of your day, and I hope you enjoyed this session. Thank you so much for listening. You have been listening to Robin Papworth, exercise physiologist, developmental educator, speaker, author, mum of three from Play, Move, Improve. If you have enjoyed our content, please leave a review on iTunes, Spotify, or on our website, playmoveimprove.com.au. Have a great day.